Warning, all reviews and discussions contain spoilers. What is the secret of Soylent Green? Hello everyone and welcome to Shocking Things. This is John with Laura. Hi there. And this was Laura's idea once she found out this film took place in 2022. This is Soylent Green. It was released May 9th, 1973. Uh, if you want to watch this film, uh, it's streaming, not free on any platforms, but it's on YouTube, I saw, for $2.99. Uh, first, before we get into the film... Laura, what did you think about the marketing, the movie poster? Did that intrigue you at all, if you saw this poster? I think it's crazy looking. There's okay. a bunch of people on a dump truck <laughs> yeah. being thrown overboard. It's, yeah. it's chaotic. There's yeah. a lot of chaos going on. I, honestly, from looking at that, I have no idea what's going on. It looks like a video game. Okay. So, <laughs> um, now, I like the poster because it's it grabs you. It says, in the year 2022, people are still the same. They'll do anything to get what they need, and they need Soylent Green. But if you saw that at Tommy K's, you would pick that up? Well, possibly. Possibly. So. Or Blockbuster. Yes. Or... <laughs> but, Negative, you're going to put yourself back in this time, 1973. It's a different time. You know, there weren't video stores, so you got to look at it. Now, the poster is one thing. Now, the trailer. We watched the trailer. What did you think of the trailer, Laura? Um, I think it told the whole story, except for, I, I think the, the basic thing they want you to know is to figure out what Soylent Green is, but they tell the rest of the whole story. They give away too much. They give I, away too much. I give, uh, yeah, and they, it's more of a, it's pushed more like a, like a mystery as opposed to uh, science fiction with trying to find out the secret of Soylent Green. Also, the movie poster, uh, I, it's painted uh, by John Soley. Uh, he did a lot of uh, painted posters, uh, like The Romancing the Stone and Piranha, for example. So if you want to see that, we're going to put that on our social media. Uh, the taglines for the film, uh, what is the secret of Soylent Green? Like you said, that was the big marketing uh, ploy. People need it in the year 2022. People never change. They'll do anything to get what they need, and they need Soylent Green. It's the year 2022. People are still the same. They'll do anything to get what they need, and they need Soylent Green. So these are all the, the taglines. So they want, you, they want you to pay money to see what is this Soylent Green, right? So it's directed by uh, Richard Fleischer. He did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Jazz Singer, Conan Destroyer. Uh, some of his films written by Stanley Greenberg. He did the screenplay. Did a lot of TV movies. Uh, it's based on a novel, Make Room, Make Room, by Harry Harrison. Uh, some of the main cast, Charlton Heston is Detective Thorne, a uh, very well-known actor. Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments, Planet of the Apes, The Mega Man, uh, Wayne's World 2. Laura, did you know he was in that film? No. Okay. <laughs> um, Edward G. Robinson, very, very big name in Hollywood in those days, was uh, Saul Roth. I Am the Law, Little Caesar, also in the Ten Commandments. And he was the original Dr. Zaius in test footage for Planet of the Apes. Lee Taylor Young was Cheryl. Uh, she was in The Big Bounce, The Horseman. Chuck Connors was Tab Fielding. He was an old yeller, airplane. Uh, I know most from the TV series A Rifleman. Joseph Cot Cotton uh, was Wrightson. Uh, he was in The Legendary Citizen Kane and the film Gaslight 
which the term gaslighting came from that film. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, well, Brock, how did I know that? I'm just telling you. <laughs> see, uh, Brock Peters is Chief Hatcher. Uh, I know him from Star Trek Four and Six. Uh, music, it was composed by Fred Merrow. Uh, he did Phantasm, believe it or not, the music for that. Uh, so, this film, it's a nightmarish, futuristic fantasy about the controlling power of big corporations and an innocent cop who stumbles upon the truth. Now, before we get into the movie, did you think everybody was cast properly for the roles, Laura? Anybody seem out of place? Everybody seem like they're right for their characters? I, I think everything was perfect as far as the people. Okay. I agree uh, with you. Maybe just because the movie was so weird that they fit. I don't know. No, yeah. no, no. It's just I. No, I didn't know. Everybody seemed believable, cast. right? Yes. Would you say Charlton Heston seemed believable as this detective, right? Yes. He's, okay. And if they didn't, what I'm saying is, I guess I didn't know. Yeah, nothing stood out to you saying oh, I don't believe this guy is this character, mm -hmm. right? Uh, did you write down any of your favorite lines? Because I have a bunch. If you don't have any, I could. No, you said you wrote them down for I me. I wrote there, them down. There was just... two. Okay. Um, and one of them I completely agree with. I think it was... Uh... I'll, I have the whole... If you want, I'll go in order. Well... Okay, you go. <laughs> no, go ahead. It was All right. The, uh, I'll go... When we get to that time, I'll... I'll... So, uh, eat some soiling green and calm down. <laughs> that was one of the lines. Uh, this is one we both laughed. Uh, they're investigating uh, the character uh, rights and his death. Uh, they're asking, what's his occupation? Rich. Rich? Um, there's another line, the loudspeaker. Death benefits line up, one and two. Hey, watch where the hell you're stepping. Because there's, in the film, there's step. There's supposed to be overpopulation, and Charlton Heston, yes. as Thorne, has to step all over people constantly. Uh, and I think I, there was, like, it's a metaphor for what people do now and what they'll do in this in a crazy dystopian yeah. future such as that, you literally have to step on people to get just a little yeah. bit more than they have. True. Right? Very, very true. Yeah. Thought about it. Uh, here's a line, one of the lines you like. Uh, There's once a world wants you punk. And then Thorne said, you keep telling me. I was there. I can prove it. I know. I know. When you were young, people were better. Ah, nuts. People were always rotten. <laughs> but the world was beautiful. But the world was beautiful. Yes. That line will always stick with me forever because... I'm sure we can all feel this way sometimes where it's people are just, they can be terrible. Yeah, very cutthroat, right? Just looking out for themselves. Um, but the world is yeah. always beautiful sometimes. Uh, another one. So we get another scene. The supply of Soylent Green has been exhausted. You must evacuate the area. The scoops are on their way. The scoops. I the scoops are on their way. I repeat, the scoops are on their way. And this is one of Laura's favorite lines. You're a hell of a piece of furniture, which yeah. we'll get into later, which is like, at first we're just like, what? This is, then when that line came up, then we started putting things together. And then the classic, it's people. Sterling green is, green is made out of people. Uh, performances. You liked all the performances pretty much, Laura, would you yeah, say? Yeah, no complaints. Uh, Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson, their chemistry I thought was great very believable you believe they really loved each other uh and i like the uh peter brock as the chief the police chief he seemed believable he seemed like he's just there to do his job and um he didn't want to ruffle any feathers right and he didn't really have a conscience i think the acting criteria back in those days were, was much better yes yeah, more strict plainly, right like, i i usually believe 
Yeah. All of the actors I watched. Yep, I agree with you. Nowadays, it's like... How... So I guess that's why I don't pay much attention to it, because they are believable. Everybody stood to out to you as great and believable, right? Yeah. Um, now, the filming locations, uh, Chevron Refining Power Generating Station at the end of the film, the Soylent Factory, Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena, the Euthanasia Shop Exteriors, and MGM... Uh, back lot a lot of it for like the new york riot scene for example a lot of those scenes are there and uh the apartments in the film is uh marina del rey california uh, city club apartments now this is one thing with the film laura and i we both talked about for the special effects everything looked very good in the film except for one thing the blood yes it looked it, like red paint. It looks like they didn't try and like, use corn syrup. Like, they just took literally took red paint and threw it. <laughs> I mean, so that was kind of odd that they just... They could have went a little further with that to make it... Uh, but things and like, that is okay because they made up for the crowd of people that had to run in for some of the scenes. Like, I couldn't believe the riot they scene, pulled yeah. it off for the riot scenes. Yeah. They went it's through, incredible. Yeah, so that, yeah, the scoops, the way those looked, all like uh, going through the windows, all that, all those effects, like the the fake, the, call it what, the candy glass that they went through, all that looked really great. The whole cinematography, right, just the way everything was shot. It was incredible. Now, the scenes of the film, uh, the way it started off, I liked how it just showed mankind just throughout the years uh, things were just slow moving and then just as industrialization came into showing America basically just how uh, the fossil fuels all this type of pollution just throughout the years where we came from where we went to and yeah. how we come to this future which yeah. I think is knocking fuss right now so <laughs> yes. I mean this made it scarier uh, but yeah the beginning yeah. and the end of the film and I the, thought were brilliant yes and the music sets up to it it's kind of like slow and then it gets faster and faster mm -hmm. as it goes uh, they show uh, it's supposed to be in New York City now and they show in the middle of the street it's just all these cars or they're they're just piled up they're they're not even running anymore because there's lack of you know, all the fossil fuels supposed to be depleted uh, they just have people just living in the cars too and just living all over the place right like yeah. we talked about the stairs i mean it's pretty crazy um and then they show the elites they live um like the, the rights and character how he has which was a futuristic looking apartment but it really looks like it was a 1972 upscale apartment right and um they show uh, cheryl playing a video game uh how it's also they show buying uh, meat as like a rare commodity, almost like a black market type thing, the way they're buying the meat. Yep. And uh, it's the same, only a few people prosper. Yep. Yeah, only people, yeah, they show how only the rich can afford the meat, uh, bourbon. So we never change. Just yeah. more animalistic. Yeah, yeah, in, unfortunately. In the and there's, yeah, there's certain things that really just makes you think. When you watch the films, they show the character Thorn when he goes into the murder. Uh, the murder scene investigating he just he sees all this it's, it's amazing to him uh, he's drinking the bourbon right I mean he, he steals the meat um, he's using the running water and soap like soap is another thing a rare commodity getting soap uh, it's supposed to be the the future but just showing like the classes right just how we're all oh, separated yeah. um, and then this was another thing that really uh, to me it made you think 
with the rights and when they had uh, basically his girlfriend when they talked to her and they take rights in his body away they just put him in his body bag right and they just throw him in a in a garbage truck and she said uh it kind of like hit her saying her grandmother had a funeral like uh, like a ceremony when she died and this are just throwing him out like they're trash basically yes all the details were, were very good in the movie too details like that yeah yeah so it's the type of thing is like you're watching it and then certain little things kind of like stand out to you um this is another scene laura and i talked about with um character Sal and Thorne they're experiencing uh, eating real food Thorne never had real food before he's just used to all the soylent products so they're just having fun eating right Laura drinking all that that whole scene yeah some of the, those scenes were my favorite um, as scary as this film was it really it does the opposite it makes you feel so grateful for everything you have like you already stated about like just him taking a shower um, about the foods that they're eating um, he makes them a beef stew and the way they eat it, they eat it so slowly. Like instead of us, like I know I sit down and I just, you know, stuff my face and just <laughs> yeah. everything is gone. And the way they savor every morsel because they'll never, might not ever have it again. And Laura brought out something that when we watched the film that stood out to you how he wanted uh, Thorne to experience this the best way possible. So. Thorne is about to eat it with the plastic fork, and he goes, no, 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 no. Yes. And he took out the good... The details. He said, no, no, I want you to eat with this, and he took out real silverware for him to eat it. And uh, So then Saul ate with the plastic fork, so he can experience, you know, how it was, you know, to eat like that. Um, other things that stood out, uh, once you get into the film, you see all these things that get a little uh, more, more and more uh, into the, the mystery of uh, the Soylent Factory. You see the priest getting assassinated. That really came out of nowhere. Um, and then we have, uh, what we get? I'm well, sorry. he knew. Yeah. He knew about the Soylent Green. You can't, once you know about it, yeah. you have yeah. to go. Just exactly. kind of like, You can't okay. be a whistleblower, yeah. So that's why Wrightson was gonna, that's why he was assassinated, because he's gonna be a whistleblower and that's it. Absolutely. That's, like I said, things never change. They don't sure want that anybody. <laughs> yeah, so the priest knew about this. He confessed to the priest, so the priest uh, uh, got it. Uh, the the swan, more you know. Yes. Yeah, so then the riot scene, which we were talking about before, one of the most memorable scenes, you see the soylent products are being sold. All these different types are being sold by vendors. Um, quick energy soylent made from genuine soybeans. Not fake soybeans, Lori. These are genuine. Soylent crumbs. If you really don't have any money, you can get the soylent crumbs. Uh, soylent buns and soylent green. And uh, once we were talking about the, the quote about them running out because uh, the food's being rationed, they ran out of the soylent green. So people are rioting. So they had the bulldozers called scoops and has riot control written all over it. So anybody who's unruly... They, they just scoop him into that truck where one of the women's like, she started like the riot flipping out. She goes, it's Tuesday. We're supposed to have Soylent Green on Tuesday. So, so you know, they just, that's how they take care of you. And that's, uh, we noticed one, that's probably the first time we saw the blood where the, they splat one of the, one of the guys, like the assassin, I yeah. think it's the, the drops on top of them. It's just red paint all over the floor. But that whole scene really, really was one of the more memorable scenes. Um, 
then this is, I don't know, probably, in my opinion, the best scene of the film with Saul when he didn't want to be in this world anymore once he found out what Soylent Green was, what the secret was. Yeah, hands down. Um, very, very, really sad, actually. Now, he goes, so, in this future, it's the best way I could describe it is, so you get euthanized, you sign all the paperwork. Well, uh, when he enters, I think, like, again, this film details. Yeah. That's, if I could describe it in one yeah. word, it's amazing. When he, you don't know where he's going when they open the door. He oh, feels yes. the air conditioning, and that he said, oh, it feels good in here, and they're so welcoming and kind, and you're like, well, where is this place? And they're like, come in, and there's all elderly people, just people in general, waiting in line mm -hmm. to sign their life away. And they ask them, what kind of music do you want? Yep, 20 Ugh. minutes of your preferred music. Looks like he's drinking, like, maybe wine or something, too, when he's in the room, Probably, if you notice. Yeah. It's it's almost like being in a an IMAX theater, right? Is that the best way? Your Cinemark theater, XD. You're laying down. You're comfortable. You're wrapped up in a blanket. And what we say was like a montage. Yeah. I didn't want to say it was a, no. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because that's what I was saying. But I know that's yeah. like the beginning. But yeah, so there's a montage. They ask you what scenes you want. So it has all scenes of nature, all things that he doesn't see anymore because you're in this. City overpopulated, all smog, basically. There's no more trees anymore. So to see all this nature to him was just like, this is how he wants to, and his last how, memories. How could you live? Like, knowing what he's known before, I was thinking about the choice that I would make, and I believe it would be the same one. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're, you know, here for, for, you know, love and everything, but the beauty of this world. If that's all gone, and it's desolate, and then you're eating people. Well, we didn't get to that part. Yeah, but he knew it was eating people. No one else, right? I mean, uh, Thorne didn't know, but Saul knew. And the thing that was great about that scene, this was like the... But I don't even know if that would be the kicker. I mean, that's that's probably... It's terrible. Yeah. But it's the it's the Just world. the whole life in general that you're living, right? You're just existing. You're not even yes. living. Yeah, so it was terrible. And I liked the way... The audience didn't know what was going on. He says, I have to tell you about Soylent Green. And then he has to put a headset on, Thorn, And then you don't hear anything. And then he reacts to it. And so we still don't know what's going Again, on. Again, yes, it leaves the audience in the dark till the very end. I liked that. So then, yeah, so then Thorn goes to the Soylent factory. And you see, what we were talking about earlier, how uh, when Wrightson's body was taken out, is like basically just a... Uh, uh, garbage truck and they're taking them out and they're putting them on this conveyor belt and they're dropping into these vats of they said it was plankton earlier is that they mixing in the bodies with the plankton i don't know you see all these vats that they're dropping the bodies in so he sees this firsthand and i think he just wanted to, he wanted proof before he really exposes the soiling company which Saul well, had evidence cop or detective. yeah so he still wants you know he's just for his own peace of mind where he needs to see it first. Yeah. So he saw this, and uh, it was a good action scene, too, where he's fighting off the guards in the factory. And uh, really, really just, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really good uh, dramatic ending. And then, well, we're not at the total end, right, where we get to um, the, uh, we get back to the church where Thorin gets killed. And that's where he tells everyone, and uh, the chief is there, telling him that Soiling Green is made out of people. 
And, and the chief was told before, like, look, just don't investigate this case. I don't know if you remember that. Where I he do. tells him, he's like, stop investigating. Because he knew what was going on, just like, to a degree, he's just told, like, knock it off. Didn't want to. And then once he's going, and Laura said, he goes, they're probably going to throw him, right? They're going to throw him just in this dump truck, and then that's it, right? And they're going to turn him into Sonic Oh, yeah, Green. it's over. That's why it's like that curiosity to kill the cat again. It's... And I liked the way the ending was, too. So once they cart him off, where you can tell he's, like, half dead, mm -hmm. Charlton Heston, they play that montage. The same one that Saul was watching, that's how the film ends. It was an amazing ending. They didn't have to. They knew exactly how to show it to you with it being impactful. And I felt it. How, did you like the ending? The oh, yeah. yeah. No, it was done um, just like you. I knew the ending of this film already. I already knew that Soiling Green, which a lot of people, unless you were around in 1973, most people know that it's a very popular pop culture phrase about Soiling Green being made out of people. Even if you know the ending, you can still watch it. It's not going to ruin anything for you. No, because it's a movie about the human race and people. Yeah. And the extent that they'll go through. Now, uh, now, did you like the music overall in the film? Did it stand out to you or not really? No, not really. I mean, just for the the montage. Yeah, and that stuff, wasn't, and the, the no, composer didn't nothing. do that. That's, yeah, that's already like a classical. That's Tchaikovsky. But the music just at the beginning of the film, I thought was good. I kind of expected more out of this being a little, maybe a little more jarring because uh, the same composer did Phantasm, which that stood out to you, I know, because you were in the middle of the night sleeping. I was watching Phantasm, it woke you up, if you remember that. Okay, yeah, I do. So this, I wish it was just kind of like a little darker but at I, certain, certain points. I understand, but I feel like the imagery was what was speaking. Yeah, no, it's true. And the whole, maybe he wanted the music true, the whole to concept, fit yeah. the imagery because it was, it was impactful. But I'll never forget this movie. Yeah. I agree with you. Now, some things you might not know about the film. Uh, Edward, G., uh, Edward G. Robinson was ill, but he still wanted to make the movie. So he held the script up to his wife saying he wants to do this movie because it's about something. So he was okay. very sick. Uh, he was uh, almost completely deaf, too. Wow. But he read the script. He goes, I want to do this film. He didn't need the money. He knew he was about to die, but he, that's, it was very important to him. But I, I know, because I just said it like yeah. three times. So, like so, I, it yeah. will always stick with me. Like that, those lines, those quotes. Even I, I wanted to backtrack a little bit sure. because we didn't talk about the books. Oh yes, there was a book sanctuary. Um, I, you know, I kind of related this movie to Fahrenheit 451 and you know 1984, but Fahrenheit 451 where they did all the book burning, mm -hmm. and they had a little book sanctuary, and of course. Um, when Saul goes to visit this little book sanctuary, it's all elderly people because they're the ones who remember the literature and the books. And mm -hmm. I feel like, it, I don't know. And just, the Saul it, character, it feel... he's like the one person too. When they show apartments, he's the one person who had books. Yes. And because he said he was a, a professor at one time, which it seems like he did say he was in this professor. bleak future. Uh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess education doesn't matter. Or just maybe just to the elites, everyone else is like, yep, just, right, you just have to exist and figure things out on your own, it seemed like, right? Where Thorne didn't really comprehend that when he's explaining to him that he was a professor. So, yeah, like you said, that's those women, they had all those books, and that's where they, they got their information. 
for a soiling cream. Uh, where they shot uh, like the ride scene and other scenes was the MGM backlot. That was the last film they shot there. They got rid of that. I believe it turned into a housing project. Uh, this is another thing, because you said how impactful this film is. Found very interesting with uh, the actress who played uh, Cheryl. She actually worked for the U uh, the UN for eight years after doing this because she wanted to uh, tackle environmental issues. Oh wow! Isn't that amazing? Yeah, no, it does. It really makes you want to like help and do something. Uh, there's certain scenes that have like this haze in the air. Uh, they had to construct their own filter. They didn't want to just have just like a, a green filter in front of it. So they had to come up with their own filter, like mixing water. Uh, into it with and dyes and oh, that's yeah cool. yeah so so it would uh, look a little hazy it wouldn't just uh, be just a tinted you know a, a tinted filter um, then when you talk about the scenes with the scoops and all that with the crowds they made sure they had a lot of stunt people mixed into that they had some extras but like mostly stunt men and oh, women yeah, I so that was a crazy scene. Yeah, all the people in the scoops were stuntmen. Did anyone of, get hurt? Or you don't no, know I, I didn't hear. No, no. he said, the director said, uh, Fleischer, he said, nope, nobody got hurt during the scene. What was there? How many, how many thousands of people? They said, they said there was only 500 people. What? Yeah. Oh, it looked So the bigger, way it was shot, it looked, yeah, it looked more impressive. Uh, now, the scene we're talking about, the euthanasia scene with the screen with Edward G. Robinson, he was just reacting to a blank screen the whole time, and there was no music. What? Yeah. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> um, and uh, for that montage with all the nature, uh, the director uh, personally picked all those scenes. They had uh, MGM archives, so he went through all, all the archives to see what footage he had available, and he picked those. Okay. Um, and then Edward G. Robinson died a few weeks after the scene was shot. Sad. Which is, this is a really sad thing. His wife would always visit the set when she heard about that scene. She says, I don't want to, I don't want to go on the set. Aww. Uh, and then Charlton Heston was actually crying during that scene because he knew he was going to die in real life. It's like he made this piece of amazingness and then he passed away. Yeah. Wow. But, but he kind of knew it and this is what he wants to be remembered by, like as his last film. You know? Well, he, so. he did a good job. Um, so now, and then also, the this was also a metaphor, like those vehicles used to transport the dead bodies, uh, the director said, were garbage trucks because the, you know, doesn't say who, he says they, which, what does that mean, the government, doesn't mean the, the you know, the ruling class, they look at everyone as garbage. They, they said, that's what he said they. was they, he We're was very vague, they, yeah, yeah, he said it's vague, not, it's the people who really run the world, yeah, it's so that's what he best. said. So, uh, and also, you know, <laughs> the big secret of Soiling Green was that it's made out of people, and uh, that actually wasn't in the book, that's something they came up with later, believe it or not, the whole cannibalism thing. Um, and when you see the factory, all the pieces of Soiling Green, those are just little pieces of wood. Uh, painted green. That's all it was. Nothing oh. nothing special, nothing nothing amazing. Um, now I wrote down a list of some things they got. Now this is obviously science fiction. It's not supposed to really predict anything, but it's always just fun huh. to kind of look at what they got right, what they got wrong for 2022. Uh, face masks. At the beginning of the film you see people wearing face masks. 
But uh, I think that was, was for, for pollution. But then also, if you noticed, there's a few people in that riot scene, they're wearing cloth face masks. No. Not a lot, just a couple, which I thought was interesting. Uh, food shortages. Um, we're just going to talk about the United States, basically, how if you go into grocery stores now, we're just talking about all over the country, there's shortages of supply chain, all for all various reasons. It's not as easy to get, now it's not as extreme as it is in this film, but it's something... I don't know, to be continued. Uh, yeah, so, but it's something in the past, like, a, you know... Five years ago, you're just like, oh, like this is just a movie. It would never, right? You would just. I would have never, ever, ever imagined. I don't know how many other people would have never imagined, like three or four years ago. Yeah. That we live in the United States and we're very blessed and lucky. Nope, all out the window. Uh, another thing about they say the Soylent Company controls food supply for half the world, which all these companies, uh, you had just a handful of companies <laughs> running everything, so it's not that much different, right? So that they got right. Um, the, uh, also, it's not really overpopulation, they, but there is concentrated in the cities. It's very overpopulated, not world, you know, so that, I think they got not to the extreme. So but, they, but, oh, okay. But you know what I'm saying? But not yeah. obviously, but, so now what were you going to say, Laura? Well, actually, yeah, I guess a lot of people left the city. True. So the you're right. It so is decreasing you. now, but that that is where the concentration is. So what they got wrong is overpopulation countrywide. Now, in the cities, certain parts are going to have, but obviously you go to Wyoming or something, there's tons and tons of open space. So that, you know, obviously, um, New York population in the film is supposed to be 40 million. It's actually closer to 9 million. Uh, in the film, where we talked about furniture, it doesn't refer to uh, the attractive women. Like they have like really very any like very small roles in society. Where actually they have tons of rights, right? I mean, in this film compared to reality in 2022, right? In the United States, um, pollution. Yeah, that's another thing in this movie. Everything, all the injustices that were fought for, especially for women. Yeah. In this movie, it's it's all out the window. Yeah, so it, it goes backwards. Yeah, so uh, to piece of furniture. Yeah, so thankfully, because I know the director said he goes, he he goes. Uh, obviously, I can't predict the future, but you know, none of none of us could. But we want people to see this and say we don't want it to go back. We don't want things to go this way. That was the whole. He says, but you know how mankind is. You just anything could happen. You know, you just give someone power and they could just you know flick the switch. Uh, pollution, thankfully, not as bad as, as it is depicted in the film, because uh, now there's not there's not as many factories in the United States as there used to be. Uh, China emits more, you know, carbon in the United States. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in China they wear face masks yeah. all the time. Yeah. So um, this is another thing: the police don't wear those neck bandanas or railroad caps like Thorne did. Unfortunately, those are better uniforms, right, Laura? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, the, the riot gear uh, consisting of silver football helmets they don't have or the, or scoops. We don't have that for riot control. No, thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> for energy, the shows Saul uh, peddling a bike for electricity in his home. If you're poor, that's what you have to do. Thankfully, we don't have to do that. Not right? Yet. Yes, okay. but, but, but again, <laughs> this is foreshadowing. It might happen. Um, they got wrong saying only uh, the rich could afford stand-up video games in 2022. You can go to Walmart now and buy one, right? They're not that expensive. 
Um, they show, this is another thing, it just shows how people with power, the, the police, uh, like Thorne, the character, just walk in, anytime a woman's there, it's just normal for them to have sex with him. So in the future, that's what they thought, like, right? Like, every woman. Yeah, they just, I guess. Oh, that was just normal. The police just steal uh, everything well, from you. They call her furniture. Yeah. That's what you're called. She said you're an awful good piece of furniture. Uh, like, how awful. Yes. All right, I'll let it go. No, no. But, no, but again, but it, but it does, it's getting you to think, like, could society go this way? That's oh, it the absolutely whole point could. That's of, why. Yep. Uh, the vehicles that showed piled up. Uh, it shows a furnace in one of the apartments, if you remember, saying, well, when's the last time this furnace ran? Because it's supposed to be very, very little fossil fuels. supposed to be depleted. Thankfully, it's not true right now. Uh, it shows water being rationed. Uh, like, uh, like having a shower is a luxury. Again, thankfully, it's, it's not to the right now United States. Um, uh, strawberries being $150 a jar. Not true, but the true part is inflation. <laughs> inflation, we do have to say, there is inflation going on. Maybe they were they were short a year. It yeah, was 2023. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll be licking strawberries yeah, so. off spoons. <laughs> and then they show, now this is, again, with science changing. The, there's a scene where turning up the air conditioning make it uh, cold like winter the way it used to be. Because they thought it was going to be global warming at this point, but now they changed the term to climate change. So that's one thing that's a little different. And then the tree sanctuary is supposed to be no trees left. And there's this little tiny uh, area that they have. There's this little tiny, like, what does it look like? Igloo type building that they have like a handful yeah, of trees but left. My only, my issue with that was how do they breathe? Yeah. Without, well, like if those are the only trees true. left. True. It they, can't be like I'm sure in the countryside where they're not allowed to go. There's there's tons of trees, but so, would that be? I don't know. That one, yeah, they I'm didn't. It, it's it. no, but you're right. It doesn't really no, make sense. No, they were sense. doing it for a fact though. Like the, like just keep, you, if you yeah. keep ruining the world. Yeah, like, there's if you the, keep like yeah, getting rid of trees and nature and just building buildings and condos nonstop. Right, you're you're not gonna have yeah, anything exactly. left. Um, now for awards in 1973, it won the Nebula Award for Best Dramatic Presentation and Saturn Award for Best Science Fiction Film. Um, so, oh, now this is the first time you saw the film, correct, Laura? Yes. Okay. Now the first time I saw this film was because Saturday Night Live in 1993, uh, they did a sketch making fun of this. They had uh, soiling cow pies. Well, this you can't find this. I tried looking. I don't know. It's hard to find online. So I saw the sketch, and then um, he says, So then cow pie is made out of people. Everything they're eating, you I get the head trauma casting character it. coming out. It was uh, <laughs> Phil Hartman doing it. So when I saw this, and then I heard about the actual film, what it's based on, I was like, Now I want to see this film. So I actually went out yeah. and rented it because of that sketch, believe it or not. Um, oh, because in the movie they did have like Soylent crumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they making like, fun of that okay. in the sketch, but they went a little overboard with Soylent cow pie, right? And that's Chris Farley eating well, Soylent cow pie. Yeah, that's now, so Laura grade one to five, one being excrement, five being ex <laughs> excellent. What do you give? I'm giving Soylent this green? movie a, sil a solid five. Okay. This, it was amazing. It was just, it was. I, I'll say the word. I can't say it again. Can't think of another word. Okay, uh, excellent. You could say it's five is excellent. So you could say it's excellent. <laughs> I said impactful like twenty times. No, but it is. I give it a four. 
I think it's they could have done things a little bit differently, but I'm nitpicking. But you're right, the performances are great. Uh, just the whole message. There everything. was a message from beginning to end. It was literally the beginning and the end of the movie and everything in between. And I could tell you, Laura, there's certain films I'll watch either from the 70s and you can't get into it because of the pacing. This, you're never bored. It's always, something's always going no, on. No, I, always... I don't think that I would give anything a five that, that quickly. Yeah. No, well, this is fun, Laura. I just want to say before we, we uh, sign off, Laura, you're a hell of a piece of furniture. To see photos and links about each subject we discuss in each episode, please go to anchor.fm slash shocking things. That has all of our episodes and links to our social media, as well as a link to the shocking things store.